step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the FjorgeCast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast with your host, Tim Barsness. Thanks for joining us on FjorgeCast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjorge. And today on our show, we'll be talking with Mike Arse about his fitness marketing agency, Loud Rumor. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks for having me, Tim. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about your agency. Uh, well, in short, we're a, a lead generation company for fitness studios and independent gyms throughout the world. How did you land on that niche? Well, I actually, my first business that I had, I actually uh, owned a personal training company. And I was in the fitness industry for about seven years before that. Left that, did some random stuff in between, and uh, eventually started my own digital marketing agency where we helped all different things, you know, chiropractors, doctors, lawyers, all different industries. And then found my way back to uh, working with a couple fitness studios. We performed much better results for them than everybody else. And I think it's just because I understood the terminology, I spoke the language, and we just decided, uh, you know, these are the two things that I love. Let's just marry them together. And and honestly, it's been the best year we've ever had. In fact, we doubled our second best year in, in just the first year of niching. Nice. Ma- match made in heaven. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you previously own a fitness studio? I didn't own a fitness studio. I actually... I, I ran a few different big clubs like LA Fitness and Pure Fitness. And then... Ultimately, I started my own personal training company. I, I started as an independent trainer at a Gold's Gym, and then I hired three trainers eventually working underneath me and in a, in a company name, and then uh, ended up selling that and taking an opportunity with a totally different industry and kind of lost touch for a few years until just this year, bringing it back and marketing for them. It, it sounds like you, you worked in a couple kind of larger gyms or more corporate gyms. Do you primarily market smaller gyms now? Yeah, so... Orange Theory Fitness is a brand that typically everybody seems to have known and heard of. So gyms like that are right up our alley, yoga studios, Pilates, kickboxing, TRX. And we primarily, I wouldn't say primarily, but I would say 80% of our customer base is franchise studios. So they're part of a franchise like Orange Theory. So they're still uh, commonly franchised. That's cool. Uh, Yeah. Do you partner with the franchisor then? In a lot of cases, we do. In a lot of cases, we don't just because, uh, you know, it depends on how much control that franchisor wants to have. Some of them just say, hey, look, it's your guys' location, it's your business, you do what you want, and everybody runs it extremely independently. In other cases, there's a lot of um, guidelines as to what you can and can't say. So the franchisor actually uh, restricts their franchisees from running with random marketing companies. They have to use people within their preferred vendor list. Which methodology do you find more successful? Man, it's it's so you know it depends. If the franchisor is extremely strict, like we worked with one, I'm not going to say which one, but they have like a two to three week turnaround time on just any adjustment. So if we want to make the change in an ad and just change the image, there's a two to three week turnaround time to hear back if that's okay. So you have to get with that, for that, yeah, with that it's just very difficult because we like to move fast. 
and make ch changes as soon as we know they need to be made. Um, but then again, if they're too independent, if they're not part of a franchise or they're just way too independent, sometimes they have such little structure or system that uh, we feel like we're really coaching them on almost every part of the process. And it, it's sometimes more work on our end. So we, we kind of like that sweet spot where they have flexibility, but also they have really good education, training, and support from the franchise. For the um, the the franchisors that are strict and have an approval process, have you um, do you have any experience kind of going around their approval process, or do you typically follow the follow it by the book? If it's as strict as it was with the one I explained, I usually will turn down the business just because I don't think we're going to be able to get the franchisee the results he wants, having to wait two to three weeks to make a change that could be very costly. Usually. Single location franchisees, they, they just can't afford two to three weeks to wait and find out. So it will we'll usually turn down that business. Do you ever find the work you do for a, a single franchise being uh, adopted by the franchisor? No, you know, we've worked really well with them. In fact, we, we developed really great relationships with the franchisors where they bring us in on coaching call meetings and uh, invite us down to certain things that they have going on to help educate their franchises, franchisees. So, no, I, they haven't really ad adopted. You know what? I would say the only thing they've adopted are some of our practices that we recommend in our learning center. We have a learning center. We have tons of videos, templates, and scripts on how to basically handle the leads once you get them to be able to close them more effectively. And a lot of them have adapted at least those tips and strategies to help their franchisees win. Sounds like you guys uh, go beyond lead gen into, into helping and assisting with the close. Yeah, way beyond it. Got it. Cool. Um, so what, what made you get into the marketing field to begin with? Well, I, I always, it was one of those things where I felt like I was good at that. On my own, that's what I was doing at the big box gyms was really helping generate more leads and awareness. And, and I was also uh, very comfortable and I enjoyed sales. And then marketing is really a sale as well. It's just you're selling one thing first. What you're really selling is the interest to even see if you want to enter the sales process. And then sales is, okay, now that you're interested, let's close you and, and let's get you into being a paying member. But uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed doing what I was doing for my own company and marketing it. And then, you know, I just decided, let me jump into this. And we did. And it was for sure one of the most fun things that I've, I've done. And I think there's a lot, a lot of uh, excitement around advertising and marketing, especially today with so many new things and, and uh, tools that you can use to make things easier and metric uh, or measure how you're, how you're doing. Mike, your firm is grown significantly over the last few years. What brought about that growth? I, I know for sure it was when we niched. Once we decided which industry we were going to work with, it was so much easier to scale, not just uh, internally because our employees had a very clear vision as to what we were working to do, who our customer was, and also what processes worked really well for that customer. But we were also able to understand the terminology for the, from a marketing standpoint. We were understand, able to understand the, the common pain points and the challenges these guys experience for a content standpoint to be able to develop content to help them really understand how they can be more successful while also positioning ourselves as authorities in the space. And I think branding and messaging as well. Before, the story was – these guys are a marketing agency and they help doctors, they help attorneys. It just really depends on who they heard I helped. But now it's very clear who we help and how we help them and what we do. And I can tell that not only the people that we tell our story to or explain what we do, they understand it, but 
they understand it so well that they're able to re-explain it to somebody else for us, and those people understand it too. So niching was hands down the best thing we've ever done. Do you feel like you have a clear path to growth going forward? 100%, yes. Awesome. And that, that niching that you did, um, you talked a little bit about the decision and, and how you made it. Was it scary to go for it? Absolutely. It was the scariest, probably the, the scariest move I made in you know three, four years, just because, for, okay, so we had customers that were not fitness studios, and we were worried about them just randomly canceling, which we couldn't afford to lose that revenue just yet. We had employees that we were paying, so we were afraid to confuse our current customer base and just lose that revenue before we can build it back up on the other side. But we were also kind of uh, afraid to jump into a space and everybody already, if we feel, we felt like everybody already knew what we did and we felt like everybody already knew what we were working to do. And all of a sudden we were just switching the game and also entering a space where there were already authorities in this space too. Uh, There was just a lot of fear that came with switching, but it didn't really take long to overcome that fear. I would say within 60 days, we knew we made the right decision and it, it was it was very clear that we knew what we were doing and how we were going to do it. Was there anything specific that kind of helped you with the what I'll call a leap of leap of faith? It just, you know, that that whole question that I ask in a sales process when I'm sitting down with a person that's afraid to move forward with me or something that I'm working on help that, that I want to sell to them that'll help their business. And the question is, you know, what's greater, the pain of change or the pain of staying the same? And so I decided to ask myself that question. And my company was, for the most part, pretty stagnant for about three to four years. And I was tired of it. And it was it was becoming painful because I was putting in a lot of hours. My wife was, you know, we were having kids. My wife wanted me to be home. And I just didn't feel like I was providing a career for the people that worked here that they can count on. So now there's excitement here. But yeah, asking myself the question, what's greater, the pain of change or the pain of staying the same? That, that was what made it a lot easier for me to make the big move. That's awesome. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we will be getting some fitness marketing advice from our guest, Mike Arce. Don't go away. Georgecast with Tim Barsness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, SoSocial, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. SoSocial is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let ZoSocial give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. 
Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjordCast, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to FjordCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and we are here with Mike of fitness marketing agency Loud Rumor. What is the key to marketing a fitness studio? Well, the first thing is really getting clear on who your particular customer's customer is. So if we're working with a yoga studio, that person is joining a yoga studio for a very different reason than, say, a person's joining a CrossFit gym or a boxing gym or a, a cycling or a spin class. So very getting very clear on who your ideal customer's customer is and also what demographic they have. So in certain cities, you know, the age range is going to be a little bit different than in others. So really lining that out and saying, okay, let's say women between 25 and 55 – and their goal is to lose 20 pounds, and typically they already have two kids. That is the ideal customer. Once you know that, then it's just about writing copy, creating ads, and landing pages and videos that are appealing to that person so that they know for sure that this is for me. When you go into a new prospect, do you feel like you already have those personas kind of defined? Yeah, very, very much so now, especially now working with you know over 100 different fitness studios. It's been very easy to say, okay, great. I know exactly what you do. I got to look at your location. I can just take a look on my back end here and I can tell your demographic and what we should market to and we're good to go. Very few times now do we not, do we have to ask the person a little bit more about their demographic, especially when you work with uh, franchises. You already know that. Is your work nationwide? It's yeah, we even outside. So we, we work with people in Australia and the UK and Canada. Right now, anywhere where people speak English, it's fine. Does working in different countries kind of change the process a little bit? A little bit, but not that much. You know, going into Euros and stuff like that, that's the only thing. But other than that, no, it's it's really not that bad. It's it's uh the terminology sometimes, depending, like like Australia does say things a little bit differently. So we just have to you know, run certain things by them in the very beginning. But once we get one in one particular area, then the other ones in that area are just very simple. So after you uh, identify your persona, what's the next step in your process? Uh, the next step is creating the ads and the landing pages that we're going to be driving people to. So we know that, let's say, a woman that's 32 years old that has two kids that wants to lose 20 pounds, get back into pre-mommy shape – we know that she may have been out of the game for a couple years, uh, so we want to make sure that the people that are in the images are not. You know, when you do when you when you create ads and magazines and billboards, you typically want to hire that fitness model and the person that everybody wants to be like. But when you're creating ads on Facebook, Facebook's a very organic platform. There, we're used to seeing regular people on Facebook, our moms, our grandparents, our cousins, our friends, not fitness models after fitness models over and over. So we uh, we have learned through you know, testing these things that it's better to use the real people that are in the gym and real shots of the real people that are working out and not positioning it so it, it only looks like the end result people working out. And we create those ads. We create the landing pages with the same images and the same flow. And 
we have a full system called Flavor. It's an acronym, and uh, and that is our entire process. Once we put that process in place, it takes us about two days. Uh, within one week of a, a person signing up with us, they have leads in their inbox, and it works pretty well. What does Flavor stand for? Uh, so flavor is not spelled the way like you would, you know, flavor food with an O-R. It's F-L-A-V-E-R, and it stands for Facebook, landing pages, automation, video, email, and retargeting. So those are the six components that make up our product. Um, the automation piece, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing for automation. Yeah, so let's say you saw an ad for one of our gyms, let's say in Orange Theory, and you clicked on that ad and you decided you wanted to take advantage of that free offer that they were promoting. So you put in your name, your email, your phone number, and you hit submit. Automatically, quite a few things happen all at once. So one of the things that happen is you're going to get a text message, and you're going to get a text message from the fitness studio owner thanking you for uh, grabbing one of the offers and uh, letting you know that in order to secure the offer, we have to schedule your first class. Is now a good time to do so? So, uh, creating engagement. Uh, also, the studio owner is going to get a text message with the lead and all their info, so they can just click the number and call them. The lead is also going to get an email with some more information about the studio to really get them comfortable with what they can expect. And automatically, they're going to get added to a lead sheet. It's a spreadsheet that it's actually very nicely done. But you as a studio owner, every time a person opts in, they get added to that spreadsheet with a date and time that they actually fill out the form. First name, last name, phone number, email. And there's basically drop downs where you can categorize their stage in the process where they're at. And so you, our account managers, your salespeople, whoever may be following up with these people, you can see where everybody's at in the process. So all those things automatically happen as well as some things in the back end and marketing too, to make sure that they see different things in advertising as opposed to what they were seeing before. What is a typical call to action on a landing page? Is it um, indicating interest or is there something more to it than that? There's a lot of different call to actions for fitness studios. What works really well is having a great offer and telling them to grab one of the passes before it's too late. So a free week or you know, 30 for 30, $30 for 30 months or a five-day pass for $29. These are all different offers that we've tested, different markets, different studios will work better with different ones. And, but basically saying grab one of these offers before it's too late. Is your work entirely online? Yes. Um, what are some common misconceptions about about work in your field? Uh, well, you know, I think it depends on who you're talking to, but I think a common misconception, especially working with most small business owners, is that marketing, whenever you're doing marketing, the leads that come in should be ready to close. And if they don't close themselves, then it's a bad lead. I think that's a common misconception. Now, people that have been doing marketing for a while or people that have been in the game for a while, they know that. The goal of marketing is to generate qualified leads, meaning a person that fits the demographic and the location that typically somebody would buy from. And, uh, and they raise their hand. They fill out a form to now let you the sales process take over. Um, so we've learned that we had to educate our customers as well, people that haven't done marketing before, especially online marketing, that, hey, look, these leads don't close themselves. They're not, they're not going to come in and just say, hey, I've, I've had $300 a month to spend. I didn't know what to do with it. Can I sign up here? Um, you're going to have to still sell a, sell a lot. And also, the majority of small businesses that are just getting into online marketing, 
the only types of leads that they've really gotten a good amount of before have been word of mouth and referral. So there's their perception of their sales closing ratio is also very off. They, they always think they're better at sales than they are because they've predominantly been closing referrals and referrals in my eyes. I mean, you have to mess up to not close a referral. So uh, now all of a sudden you're bragging about closing 80, 90% of your leads and now you do internet marketing and you don't get that. And you start thinking that the leads are bad because normally you close 80, 90%. All of a sudden you're only able to close 10, 20% when in fact closing 10, 20% of internet leads, especially getting a volume of 200 leads a month, that's really good. That's a great point. The lead source is, you know, dramatically impacts the close ratio, close ratio as well as the, you know, the effort to the close. Hundred percent. They're coming in at a different level of the funnel. Um, I'd be curious your insight. What's the number one reason small businesses fail? Not just just really not educating themselves on. I think the main pillars of business. I think that's the biggest thing. That's why I was failing at least. You know, until I really started learning the stuff that you know, learning in Accelerator and organizations like EO. But um, you know, not not really having a good grasp on finance and not saying, okay, how should I. Uh, how should I get my salary cap in order and my budgeting for for certain things? Uh, not really having goals for net profit and 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 focusing much much on revenue and not so much on the cash and the profit that the business is generating. And then also in marketing, marketing is one of those things that it's tricky because all all the books that you read and all the seminars and conferences and authorities that you follow, they all kind of say the same thing, which is. Do what you love and what you're best at and delegate out everything else, which I, I agree with, but I think there's an asterisk to that because usually a lot of the things that you eventually delegate, you've done. So when you first started your business, you were doing the books and you could delegate that eventually. And then you were doing the payroll. You were doing the customer service. You were doing the account management. You were doing the training. You were doing all these things. So recruiting for that position and knowing how to hire the right person, what questions to ask, and then training on training them is very simple. But when it comes to marketing, especially online marketing, usually you don't start your business doing high-level internet marketing. You just don't, either because you can't afford it or you don't even know about it. So now when it comes to hiring a marketing agency, you delegate too soon and you don't learn enough about it, so you don't know what questions to ask. And sometimes you end up hiring really the marketing agency that just has the best sales rep versus the marketing agency that actually is fit best for your company and what your needs are at that time. So education is, is something I think a lot of business owners, small business owners, um, you know, don't see the val- don't don't give enough value to. And you should always be setting aside time every every single day to learn about certain things that you need to get stronger in. You mentioned uh, EO, which is the Entrepreneurs Organization and Accelerator. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience there? Yeah, it's it's been an amazing organization for multiple reasons. Uh, obviously, the network is just fantastic. It's basically an organization. EO is an organization where you have to, you know, minimum qualifiers. Yet your business has to do at least a million in revenue in in an in a year. And then there's other qualifiers as well. They want to make sure that your model is scalable and that you personally are a coachable person, a person that's going to fit the culture. And once you, you know, get to get past that part, you are part of a forum where you're, you know, a small group of guys, maybe four to eight guys or girls, right. That, uh, that all have businesses that are kind of similar to yours, same types of, of personality characteristics. And the goal is to really, share each other's challenges, what you're going through, not just professionally, but also a lot personally as well as, you know, this running a business comes with a lot of personal challenges. I think the average non-business owner doesn't realize, which is sacrificing a lot of time that, 
you know, you didn't anticipate sacrificing with your kids, with your wife, your family, barbecues, vacations, little things that, you know, usually are just kind of standard in the non-business owner world. And uh, having a group of people that are also making the same sacrifices for the same purpose, um, I, I think it's been really helpful. And, and seeing how other people overcome it. And then also getting really great business advice as well, strategic advice and connections. Because all these people, just like just like myself, they're all building their network and they're all getting mentors and, and seeking uh, to, to develop their network. And so when you hang around 100 guys like that, not only do you have your network, but you can really talk about what your challenges are. And usually by just doing that, you have people referring you to other people that have helped that can help you because they've overcome those challenges themselves. Yeah, having a, a solid support system is you know really important to, to growing your business. Um, we need to take a break, but when we come back, we will talk about fitness industry saturation and operating without a specialized sales team. Don't go away. George Cass with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with George Cash. Only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to Fjordcast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Mike Arce of Loud Rumor. Our first ar- article is by Mike, and it reads, Is the fitness studio way too saturated? Mike, can you give us a quick summary of your article? Yeah, so it's, you know, the fitness industry is by, by many people, especially those in the fitness industry, they think it's just too saturated. They, they see their... Uh, 
they see their block or their little community that was theirs. All of a sudden, there's another studio opening up right down the road, or and then another one maybe a couple blocks down the road, and they're really going after the same community of people. And you know, it's not even like a, you know, if I own a yoga studio. It doesn't have to be a yoga studio that opens down the road. It could be a Pilates studio or a spin studio, any other fitness studio that really opened up for the goal of helping people in that community get in better shape. So I think a, I think a big problem that a lot of people have, and that's why the people that really suffer when it comes to saturation are the people that they, they start selling the wrong things. And so if, if you're not really too educated in sales – you start to forget what you're selling and, and what the person's really buying. So for instance, what I see a lot of fitness studio owners make, and this goes for all industries as well, not just fitness, but we'll, we'll keep it with fitness for right now. But they'll start talking to you. Let's say you're my prospect. I start selling you on why you should use my fitness studio over somebody else's by saying stuff we're, like we're better than them because we do this or we're different because we do this. And what they don't realize is the average person out there that doesn't already have a fitness membership, they're not choosing between you and another fitness studio. They're choosing between fitness or doing something else with their money because their paycheck, when they get paid, it's not cut up that way. It's not like, hey, here we go. Here's $3,000. Here's your paycheck. Uh, 1000 of which can be used for your mortgage. Can't work. That currency can't work anywhere else. It could only work for mortgage. And 300 is designated for fitness. You can't use it anywhere else. Just fit. It doesn't work that way. I can use my money however I want. And if I want to get an Apple Watch with it, if I want to get my kid into sports with it, if I want to redo my yard with it, I can. And so people in the fitness industry, in all industries, they need to realize that first thing you got to do is you got to sell them on the idea of fitness and get them really bought into it because most people aren't even there yet. That's why our country is so out of shape. It's not because they're, if they're just choosing between one fitness studio or another, we'd have a very fit country. But that's not the case. They're choosing between fitness or non-fitness. We got to sell them on the first thing first. If you could do that, saturation is not an issue because you can have four or five gyms in a five-mile radius and still be extremely successful. That's a great point. You're not always convincing somebody against another studio. You, you sometimes need to convince somebody that fitness is the right option for them. Right. Yeah, and you know, the, the, a lot of people don't realize there's always three questions going on in somebody's head because we're really good at convincing ourselves to buy something or not to buy something depending on where we're at, if we really want it or not. So the questions that they're always asking is, do I really need this? Right. Meaning, let's say I'm sitting down with a personal trainer right now. Do I really need a personal trainer? I mean – Maybe I could just watch videos on YouTube or maybe I just need to go to LA Fitness and just do it myself. I'm just probably being lazy looking up for a cop-out, right? They're, they're doing that. Number two, do I really need this from him? So do I really need this guy? I mean maybe I should shop around first. Maybe I should ask my friends, see if they have personal training recommendations before I just fully jump in. And the last thing is do I really need this now? Do I really need to do this right now? Am I just getting excited? It's a fad that I'm getting into right now. I know I've done that in the past. Or maybe I should wait until tax returns come in. I have a little bit more money and I could do, do something with that. So your first, the first objective is to ask those questions before they ask that, those questions themselves in their head. So Joan, why, why personal training? Why not just go to the gym and do it yourself? Let them answer it. Next one. So you're trying to beat them to the objection. Exactly. You ask those three questions before they do, they'll give you an articulated answer. And because they're doing that, they never go through that problem uh, in their own heads. And the closing, the closing is so much easier when you do that. Our second article uh, from entrepreneur.com touches on the downsides of not having a specialized standalone sales team. 
which can lead to turnover, limiting, or even loss of revenue. Mike, can you compare a specialized sales team to a specialized marketing team like yourself? Yeah, so you should, sales is huge. If you don't have a really great sales team that's focused on hitting the numbers and growing the growing the membership base, um, it's, it's very, very difficult. Marketing is really focused on generating qualified leads for the sales team to work on. But the salesperson is, should be 100% focused on getting all of those leads to convert at the highest rate possible. Perfect. And any insight into to how you do that or even what the article left out? Um, definitely knowing that the salesperson should be treated very differently than everybody else on the team. So the salesperson usually is a different type of character. Um, the phrase is they're the easiest to measure, but the hardest to manage. So creating uh, systems for them, incentives, so goals, bonuses, um, also making them very aware of what they're doing for the person that they're selling, you know, not just making it fully about numbers, but really helping them show how many people they're helping. So to, to make sure that they're selling the right way and it's not just jamming the wrong people into the program, but looking for the win-wins in every conversation they have. Absolutely. So we need to wrap up. That's it for FjordCast. Uh, you can find Mike's company at loudrumor.com. Also check out their FIT, F-L-A-V-E-R program by booking a demo or look into his coaching services as well. Um, and of course, I'm your host, Tim Barsness of Web and Mobile Development Team Fjords. Thanks for being on the show, Mike. Hey, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. You can download episodes of our program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 